What has Bryce Brown ever done in his career but screw me over those two weeks? <laughs> Nothing. That's it. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Both of us on the Fantasy Life app, at Important Nonsense, all one word. Easiest, best way to get a hold of us. Neil, you know how I'm doing. How are you doing this afternoon, this evening? I'm good. I'm good. But I am just sitting here with my mouth hanging open in the sheer shock and awe of what happened on Twitter today. For those of you who are not on Twitter, this is this is why sometimes it pays to be on there. I realize that it's not for everyone, but here's what I'm talking about. So many of you are going to be familiar with Jose Canseco. And for those of you who, who uh, log in and listen to us to hear us talk about fantasy football, please bear with us for a moment because it's worth your time and we will get to football. But you have to understand what happened today with Jose Canseco. And for those of you with sensitive ears, you may just want to skip through the football. <laughs> Jose Canseco <laughs> took to Twitter today and just started – I have no other way to explain it other than just had a complete catastrophic flaming meltdown. Like he just started riffing on Twitter and – and it's in response to some allegations that, you know, maybe he's been, you know, a little, little handsy with the ladies because it's coming out all over the place these days. And, you know, rightly so. But Jose Canseco has decided to go the other way with it. It's a bold strategy. It's a bold strategy. And i got to tell you right now, the end of the story is it did not work out. Uh, yeah. Because here's – let me just read to you what Jose Canseco wrote on Twitter today, rapid fire. And I'm quoting. These are not my words. I want that very clear. This is not my words. This is the words of Jose Canseco unedited on Twitter. What is going on with all of these politicians molesting women? I've been molested by several women and never complained. Well, I mean, I've been beaten by women, taken advantage of by women, and molested by women, but I never complained, but I was kind of, but it was kind of a turn on. I see the difference, I guess, because I was – and cause is spelled C-U-Z. Uh, I, was, I was a good-looking guy, and these politicians look like a bag of boogers. These women complaining against sexual misconduct are just racist against ugly men. It was at this point that the A's felt the need to put out this statement. And he does still work for the A's. He was doing, was, keyword there, doing pre and post game for them all through last season. From the Oakland Athletics official Twitter, we were disappointed to learn of Mr. Canseco's statements. <laughs> Mr. Canseco is not an employee of the Athletics, and his statements do not reflect the values of our organization or those of our most trusted partners. So immediately, <laughs> the A's go into full-on damage control. And Jose Canseco was undeterred by this because he continues, Why is everyone so worried about what I am saying? <laughs> To which I'd like to pause and say, that's actually a fair point. Why is everyone so tuned in to what Jose Canseco is saying? Maybe hey. because it's crazy. <laughs> because it's completely nonsensical. However, what were you expecting? Yeah. So it's just it's just, it's just this whole thing. I'm just a simple guy trying to pay my bills, worry about who's running our country. Well, you may pay your bills a lot harder there today, Jose. Uh, the media worries too much about what I do. Oh, bleep, I just farted. I wonder if they want to know how it smells. What? <laughs> then at this point, he shifts gears on a dime. And this is also how you know that he didn't care about his A's job anymore. Because then immediately, immediately after, it, it reads, Hi, Sarah. Okay. That's all it says. Paid, in all caps, is the next tweet. 
And then, our show is coming soon to Las Vegas. It's going to be incredible. It's called Renegades at Caesars Palace. It's going to be Jim McMahon, Terrell Owens, and Jose Canseco coming soon to Vegas Caesars Palace. The show is called Renegades. And then he proceeds to go on a tirade against Bitcoin. So I don't know what <laughs> is happening. Because then there's a series of tweets about Bitcoin and how Bitcoin is a scam set up to make a lot of people money and hurt a lot of people. It just goes, it just is it's complete. It's all like rapid fire and in a row. So I don't, I don't understand what I just read. It's nonsense. And it's what we're here for, frankly. So there you go. Jose Canseco was fired. And I'd like to just let everybody know that if the show renegades with Jim McMahon, T.O., <laughs> and Jose Canseco somehow goes to Broadway, or I'm sorry, not Broadway, the C- Caesar's Palace, if that actually does still happen, and Jose Canseco is not fired from that <laughs> for his series of inflammatory tweets, if that happens, then Steve and I will be there live tweeting their opening <laughs> show. More important nonsense for all of you Absolutely. out there in our audience, You ha- we have to know just because Jim McMahon will be there. Sure, and, and T.O. Be, it's fantasy T.O. relevant. Yeah. This can't, this can't be called Renegades. It has to be called The Quest for Money. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't understand what any of this is. I don't know if any of you can make sense of it for us. Jose, if you're out there listening, I'd love to know what the thought process was. What is going on? Like, what happened here? I mean, like, th- this was just a weird tirade, and it cost you your job <laughs> at the A's. And you seem nonplussed by this as you rally against Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't, attacking I don't, Bitcoin is the best part of that for me. That's it, just yeah, it just goes random. into attacking Bitcoin after that. Because it's just, why not? Just We'll just take on anything I read in the newspaper today. That's right. what we're doing out here. Look, speaking of complete disasters, like Ugh. complete unprecedented meltdowns, we're going to have to take here a small moment of silence for our friend and my colleague, Mr. Steve Bottom and the Patriots' defense. We're going to do a small moment of silence, and then I'm going to give Steve the floor to talk about the Patriots' defense, because I know that he's probably got something something to say to, to, to Bill Belichick and Patrick Chung. So, ready? Moment of silence. Floor is yours. Yeah, it's moments like these that I wish we could just get a copyright-cleared version of the MASH theme so that we could just play that. Because this, this is what happened to us last year, Neil, in Week 14, too. You and me both lose... Last year, it ended both of our seasons. So right. this year, I guess it just cost you yours. I'm still technically alive, even though I don't feel great about it. It's just <laughs> the, the way that that had to happen. Just, I mean, you brought up Bryce Brown. And look, nothing will ever top Bryce Brown in my mind. And And my reasoning behind that is simply, as I've stated in the past, look, we've seen earlier this year the Patriots' defense be terrible. We've seen in his career Jake Cutler be competent and a good quarterback. What what has Bryce Brown ever done in his career but screw me over those two weeks? <laughs> Nothing. That's it. That's all he has. This I mean look, so it'll never be topped, but look, it's this this week, Bryce Brown, and then the high stakes league I was in with Ken that one year when I literally lost in the championship game because Drew Brees completed a 20-yard pass that passed me by .1. You got lost the championship game by .1 because of a last-second pass that that meant absolutely nothing. (laughs) Like, those two things, 
Like, this is, it's certainly on my Mount Rushmore of sadness in my fantasy life, for sure. It'll never supplant Bryce Brown, but it's up there. That was a horrible situation to go through on Monday. And as I was saying to, uh, to, to Brian before, he had to literally do everything wrong that he could possibly do wrong to set me up, and I had to play literally every correct matchup, even with their, what, one point that they got on Monday, or two points, or whatever it was from the Patriots' defense. There was a, still a better play than the negative four I had from the Ravens on my bench. So it's not like I played the wrong matchup. I played all the right matchups. It just still didn't matter. And that's the that's the depressing part. That's the sinking yeah. feeling, <laughs> is that I should be on the bye right now, yeah. Drinking my pineapple and coconut drink on the beach, and instead I gotta go to this triple threat, and that uh, that kind of leads us right into this, Neil, because look, we've got this rare opportunity here where we can actually help out our listeners and make them feel better about their sadness and their fantasy tragedy that they've had to suffer and deal with. You know that we've been talking all year long about PFF stats, how they grade every player from every game. You've heard the promo that I put on there in every episode every week. And with a PFF subscription, you can dive deep into your favorite team with exclusive team stats and NFL player rankings. Yep. Well, we've been telling you all year how you can go to the website and you can get $10 off an Edge or Elite subscription, which you still can. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's prorated too, by the way. But uh, yes, yeah. but thanks to our friends at PFF, uh, we actually have a free Edge subscription uh, for one of our listeners. So we actually get to give away one free Edge subscription to anybody. That's right. So you can have access to PFF's exclusive player grades, their industry-leading fantasy statistics, research stats that go all the way back to 2007 when the company started, and so much more. There's so many more tools and apps for you to use on there. You even have access to the expert rankings and Jeff Ratcliffe's statistical projections. Shout out to Jeff, by the way. If you're not familiar with him, he's the head of the fantasy division over there at PFF. And according to FantasyPros.com, they took all 111 of the fantasy experts who have released rankings this year. Jeff is currently ranked number one in accuracy for his projections and rankings. So congrats to Jeff. Yep. Kudos to him. Quite an accomplishment, to say I'm the no least. I'm no man who is. <laughs> but number, number one, one is good. good. <laughs> yeah, number for one's sure. Pretty good. So, pretty good. Yeah, you have access to all of Jeff's articles, content, and everything through the website as well. So there you go. you got industry-related statistics, tools, articles, projections, all for free. And all you have to do to enter is go ahead and prop this post on the Fantasy Life app, Subscribe to our Fantasy Life page and then DM us just on the app or email us at contests at importantnonsense.com. And we want your tales of fantasy heartbreak. See if you can try and beat Steve's Bryce Brown. Uh, (laughs) Or you can try and beat my play Tom against Tom Brady in three of your last four playoff games. (laughs) That's great. That's a lot of fun. Uh, So, yeah, if you've got heartbreak, we want to hear about it. Just in the email or DM, please, name and your contact email. In case you win, if there's no name or email, we can't actually consider you for the prize because we have no way of giving you the prize. Right. So with that, uh, all we ask is that you keep it brief and just kind of keep it uh, tight in case it makes it to air because we got a couple of these that we're probably going to read uh, to pick from. Right. So again, prop the posts, subscribe to the page, 
and then either DM us at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app or email us at contests at importantnonsense.com. Make sure you put heartbreak in the email subject and include your name and, of course, contact email to get a hold of you in case you were to win and your story about your fantasy heartbreak. The deadline for submission is noon central time on January the 3rd. We will select a group of finalists to read on our end of season show that weekend and choose a winner live on air. So again, DM on the app or email contests at importantnonsense.com for your chance to win today. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Not a lot of news this week, Neil. It's been a slow news week, to say the least. Biggest news, obviously, was... Potential MVP candidate Carson Wentz going down with a season-ending ACL injury. He was nice enough to get 35 points for his owners before he left in the third quarter. However, he is now done for the rest of the year. The uh, the wonder that was Nick Foles from a few years back. Fantasy Zombie, <laughs> he has returned. Yeah. Nick Foles back at starting quarterback for the Eagles. Formerly the rest luckiest of the way. man in football. Luckiest and now, human being I've back ever to seen being the luckiest man in football because he's got the number one team in the league <laughs> in front of him with a, a ticket already stamped to the playoffs and a division title, and uh, all he had to do was show up. That's yeah. it. You didn't have yeah. to do anything to get him there. Just is show he gonna up. Get, is he going to have the same fortune that he had last time? Remember that Packer game where the safety mm-hmm. in the corner literally took each other out like two different yeah. times in that game and he got touched out? Sure. Remember that? That's just ridiculous thing. <laughs> that happened that's never gonna happen again i mean it's just yeah i mean look bold bold prediction is uh nick Foles never has another seven touchdown game i know i'm out on a limb and uh that's it's a bold strategy but i'm gonna say you gotta play uh, the odds on that one yeah that yeah (laughs) just i feel like that's probably a, a pretty pretty safe bold pick there but the biggest question then is how does this affect the skill guys Around him, of course, you know Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, and then the cluster of running backs there. Do, do any of their values dip or rise as a result of this injury? In your mind, I think the running backs get a small uptick here. I mean, it's a small one because they already run a ton. You know, mm-hmm. like you already run so much that how much more run heavy could you go? Uh, and I think you probably take down Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey, but only slightly. I have to imagine at some point he's going to figure that out. So in the near term, you probably are doing those two things with my mind. I think that's probably fair. Sure. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey was a low-end wide receiver, too, maybe flex already for me. And uh, I think that kind of just cements where he he was in my mind. Well, any ceiling that was on that is now gone. You know what I mean? Like any any upside drained. The biggest issue for Zach Ertz has been his own injuries. So if he can get healthy, then he's a tight end. And the, it's so scarce out there. You got to rely on it still. I'm not super scared of it. It's not. I mean, we joke, but it's not like Nick Foles is horrendous. So you could certainly right, right. do worse. 
And then, uh, yeah, oh, running yeah. backs, like you said, they already run it so much. It, the issue with them is not the volume they've been getting. It's the cluster. Yeah. It's the fact that J.H.I. looks so good for four straight plays, and then Doug Peterson's like, oh, that's sweet, throw in Corey Clement. All right, right. now get some LeGarrette Blunt in there for two yards. Yes. And it's like, what are, you, what are you doing? Just stick to one of these guys, let them workhorse it, and then it would be better for them, and it would be better for fantasy owners. But he doesn't well, no, care what about you mean to say there is just stop giving the ball to LeGarrette Blunt. Like, Absolutely. if they want to give the ball to Corey Clement, I'm fine with it. It's just stop giving the ball to LeGarrette Blunt, please. That's, yeah, that's, that's just really screwing it. everybody up, because that's yeah, not that's helping anyone. The, that's the short version. It's not helping fantasy owners. It's not helping, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt. It's not helping the Eagles. It's not helping anybody. Yeah, so just stop giving the ball to LeGarrette Blunt. That's... Meanwhile... The return of Aaron Rodgers, the main impact here is, you know, obviously, it, we had a short discussion about this yesterday. For me, Rodgers has a tough schedule the rest of the way, and he's been out so long. If you're in the playoffs, playing this weekend potentially for a shot at what would be a championship, then you've obviously found someone else to fill in for Rodgers to this point. So I don't know if it's Roethlisberger with how hot he's been or Rivers who's been white hot or maybe Case Keenum or Jared Goff, guys you could have picked up at the time off of waivers that have just carried you to this point. I don't know if you're flipping back to Rodgers instantly. Is that, I mean, we talked about that briefly. The main thing is the impact on the on the players around him because it's no longer Brett Hundley. Right. So, so, so what, I wrote this, what would you say for Rodgers the and then the, the, uh, the, the guys around him as well? Yeah, well, see, I wrote in the waiver column. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter what I say to you people. You're going to pick up a player in Rodgers no matter what I say, no matter what I write, because it's Aaron Rodgers. The, mm-hmm. That is that is the reality of the world that we live in. I feel like no matter what, no amount of, I agree, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just don't think it matters. That's all, because I think people are just going to be like, but it's Aaron Rodgers. And that's literally going to be the, the counter argument, is just, but it's Aaron Rodgers and look at the body of work and I don't care that he's been out for two months. And right. You know, if my other option is a good one. Maybe what you're saying definitely holds some holds some more sway. But if you've been cobbling it together with like bye week stuff, and all of a sudden you're getting Rodgers back, look, all I'll tell you is what we know. He's gonna he hasn't played in two months. He's gonna play Carolina. That's a terrible matchup. It's terrible on the it road. Seems bad yeah. for them on the road. It's a terrible matchup. Horrible. Horrible matchup. I could scream that from the rooftops. I can give you all the numbers you want. I feel like people are just gonna say, "Ooh, Aaron Rodgers is number twelve, starting for me." Like he's back. And here's the thing about that. I have no leg to stand on to tell you that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to win that game on some sort of ridiculous miracle touchdown that 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 you know that throws all the bets out and just and he downs the Panthers at the final two minutes. The question is, is that going to be for a for 34 fantasy points, 25? I don't know. I don't know. Like it's just one of those whole things where this is a tough one. Am I going to be sitting here like chastising you for starting Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. Probably not. In all honesty, it's your team. You're going to do what you want. I just feel like no matter what I say, that's just a dead, a dead argument. People are just going to pick up and play Aaron Rodgers no matter what. So how do you evaluate the skill guys? Because that's where this this whole thing actually lies. And for me, it just means Jordy Nelson is usable again. So is Adams. To a lesser extent, so is Cobb. And I'm backing off of uh, of all Williams especially, but all. Green Bay running game kind of goes back down because I think they're going to be taking more passing attempts. 
he's going to catch some more balls, but he also has one of the worst running back schedules, as I wrote about in the column, for the rest of the year. Just I think that 30 that you got last week in PPR is as good as it gets. If we weren't at the playoffs and we were earlier in the season, I'd say this is where you sell. Yeah. That's that's how I would look at that. So do you disagree with any of that? No, I agree with all that completely. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, Nelson obviously is now usable again as he wasn't with Hundley in there. Adams actually has been productive. So maybe he stays at where he was. You've probably been using him anyway. And then, yeah, Jamal Williams is no longer the guy he once was. He's kind of, last week we saw it too. He was able to get in the end zone a bunch. And because of that, that, you know, boosted his stats. But he did split a lot of the carries with Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones has been cutting into that a little bit. But I think it's not so much a committee as it is now. They're going to go back to focusing on passing the ball with Rodgers where they weren't comfortable doing that with Hundley. So that kind of kills him. Plus, as uh, as you mentioned, the, the incredibly difficult schedule the rest of the way for him. And especially just this matchup in particular. Yeah. I am not going to feel great about rolling anybody against the Panthers' run defense at the moment, especially as they try and refigure out how their team works. That That – to me, seems like a thing proposition. So pigskin pick em. I took some swings last week, and it cost me in the, uh, in the standings here. Kevin in fourth with 116. I fell to third at 123. Brian at 125, and you're running away at 138. You're, so Brian caught up a little bit, gained some ground. He did. But he's, uh, he's still 13 back with uh, with just the, th- the three weeks left here to play. Three weeks so. to go, yep. So this is a huge week for Brian and the pigskin pick him. If he can if he can catch up significantly here, uh, he could he could maybe catch it. But he's running out of weeks. Yeah. So we sort of as or usual you, by the by. with uh, with Thursday night football. This was an easy one off the bat. Look, nobody wants to watch this. This is bad. Let's play that again. <laughs> I mean, look, the only thing that could have possibly made this game worse was if. I mean, I don't know. If they wanted to just present the whole game in Skycam or something stupid like that. Wait, what? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, I could see that then. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. The NFL hates us. Anyway, the Broncos' D may once again be usable this week as they were last week. And all signs point to the Broncos winning this game, which is exactly why I'm taking the Colts. I mean, I think it's low scoring and ugly. And... I'm going to be missing half the players on the field because Skycam. And I just I just don't like the Broncos' offense right now. I don't care who the competition is. So give me the Colts. Do you know that Denver has not won a road game this year? Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. 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 Now everybody does. Denver has not won a road game this year. And that's why I'm taking the Colts home. Because <laughs> I'm just not sold that Denver fixed any issues last week. They were at home, and they hurt Josh McCown early in that game and then just dominated Bryce Petty. That's all you accomplished. So congratulations, you won the game because of that. You shut him out, and you feel great because you held him to 100 yards. You held Bryce Petty to, you know, under 100 yards. Great. Good job. I hope you feel, like, really strong about that. Uh, if they could do it again and without having to injure Jacoby Brissett or something, maybe I'll start taking it a little bit more seriously. But until proven otherwise, I'm taking the Colts at home. Saturday, 4.30 Eastern. That's right. We're back into the Saturday schedule, people. Chicago going to Detroit to take on the Lions, another game the Bears can absolutely win for no reason, just to ruin their draft position like they love to do. But I'm going to stick with the Lions. As we continue to lay out every week, they need to keep rolling to stay in the playoff chase, and I think that's what they do. So last week, the Lions succeeded in getting through the first of the four games that laid out that they need to win to make the playoffs. 
And by all rights, they should win this one too. I mean, they're a better team than the Bears, much as that pains me to say. They are. And uh, the Bears just love to win games like this to run their draft position. Did it last week. I don't think they can do it two weeks in a row, though. So I'm sticking with the Lions at home. Saturday night game, a game that will shape the entire AFC West for the rest of the year as the Chargers take on the Chiefs. Last week, I think, was just a case of the Raiders lost more than the Chiefs won. I like to use that a lot, and uh, that's what I'm falling back on here because the Chiefs have just been a shell of the force they were at the start of the season. And last week, they won that game handily, but did they really look good? No. It was just the Raiders looked that horrible and like they weren't interested. Like I was telling you when we were watching it. It's like they, they were tied for the division lead. It's like they didn't even care. And though Tyree Kill has been more consistent since the bye, which I've laid out several times now, the Kansas City wide receivers have the hardest head-to-head schedule for the rest of the season. As we all know, he only needs one. I just think it's going to be harder and harder for him to get that one. I think he should have a good week this week because I think it turns into a high-scoring shootout. But the next two weeks, it's going to be rough to keep playing Tyreek Hill. I expect the Chargers to keep rolling, take over the division lead in the AFC West, and uh, have a strong win as the Chargers keep going. Yeah, this is one that I'm shocked that I'm writing it. Because, yeah, the Chargers appear to have righted the ship. They're actually winning these games convincingly. They hung 30 on Washington last week. And, you know, yeah. Washington's all beat up and stuff. But they were they just showed up and rolled them. And, uh, I mean, they don't appear to have just that litany of injuries that you're used to from the Chargers teams at this point. You know what I mean? They're not on their, like, 12th receiver. <laughs> they're not yep. they don't and have fourth like running back and fourth running back th- fifth and sixth corners like they're not doing that this year they've got most of their like nucleus of guys that we've always said if you could keep these guys healthy you might be able to do something it seems like they've finally started to get that together and we're kind of getting over the hump so i've actually got the chargers here on the road and honestly i mean i think they're the odds on favorite to win the division right now since all the other teams the broncos are eliminated and the other two teams just look lost because I agree with you about everything you said in that game last week. The Raiders just look disinterested. Yep. And their defense is so bad. <laughs> Sunday, 1 Eastern, Miami going to Buffalo after shocking the Pats on Monday. Can the Dolphins do it again? Can they be a consistent football team? No one has the answer to that. Nobody knows. I mean, the, the thought here is that Tyrod Taylor should be good enough to go. He was practicing all day today uh, without any limitations, so it looks like he is going to still get the start. I like all of your bills in this one. Offense, defense, everybody. Any bill you can get your hands on. I mean, kickers, whatever. Bills at home. Keep their unlikely playoff hopes alive still. Look, Miami just has a really long history of not showing up when they have to go to Buffalo. They just they just don't do that game well. It's freezing cold this time of year. So, I mean, I'm looking for them to continue that tradition, frankly. I'd feel a lot better if they had actually announced that Tyrod Taylor was the official starter. You know, he cleared everything. But he was practicing. It's Wednesday. It looks like he's going to play. So, yeah, I'm taking the Bills at home to keep these ridiculous playoff hopes alive because the AFC is that bad, folks. Since he going to Minnesota, granted, the Bengals had a lot of injuries last week against the Bears. But on the other hand, it was the Bears. Come on. I mean, the Vikings should be able to get back on track here with a big win at home to clinch the NFC North. Vikings. Yeah, I mean, just look for the Vikings to put on a show here. I think this is a get-right game, and I like them just to clinch the division at home this week and kind of 
ruins some of that fun. Uh, Aaron Rodgers shows up at the end and down and wins the wins the division stuff. But yeah, I think Minnesota takes it home here. Uh, oh, and before I have you hit the horn and we move off this, just a word to the wise. The reason why Jarek McKinnon seems like he's been kind of up and down is apparently he's been nursing kind of a busted up shoulder for a while, and it finally hit the injury report this week. So just if you've been rolling with him as kind of like your RB two or something like that, that would point to why he's been kind of like favoring that one side and coming out of games and stuff. He's got a lingering shoulder problem. So not good. Something to monitor. Uh, yeah. So just stay close to that one, especially if you're thinking about using him this week or in your title game. Horn it. Uh, also briefly, make sure you monitor Kyle Rudolph was in a walking boot. They say it's just oh, precautionary, yeah. but he didn't practice today. So just keep an eye on it in case that turns into something more serious. Baltimore going to Cleveland AFC North battle. The Browns should have won last week and just blew that game late. It's a division match where anything can happen. However, the Ravens are playing for a playoff spot still against all odds and really logic. Look, Alex Collins has emerged as a strong fantasy threat now, and the Browns' stingy run D you would think could slow him down, but with him being the focus of their offense at this point, he'll still get the volume needed to be relevant. Last week was a terrible matchup against the Steelers, and he still had a really good game. So as much as the Browns want it, the Ravens need this one to keep their playoff hopes alive. I think they take this one on the road. But like I said, it would not shock me if the Browns kept this one close. Yeah, I mean, I could see the Browns winning this game. I really could. I mean, but this is the Ravens and the Browns. I mean, the Browns always find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory against the Ravens. How's it going to happen this year, Steve? Another kick six? No one no one knows. No one actually knows. But what I do know is that I've got the Ravens on the road as they keep trying to sneak into the playoffs, all sneaky backdoor-like. Green Bay going to Carolina to take on the Panthers. It's the return of Aaron Rodgers, as we already talked about, trying to keep the Packers' playoff hopes going. Panthers have been impressive, though. And I feel, and they feel like they can still try to steal that NFC South crown from the Saints. They're currently tied in the standings. Packers offensive players should obviously get a, a boost minus Jamal Williams, as we already laid out earlier. However, their defense is still a huge weakness for them. They allow other teams to capitalize and exploit it constantly, and I think Cam Newton does just that as the Panthers keep rolling. Yeah, this one's going to be fun. So this is the possible game of the week right here. This one could turn into it. And I'm taking the Packers in the Miracle Upset, baby! I'm just bracing myself now to watch Aaron Rodgers just miracle on his way, just down the field to win right here at the end, and he's somehow going to keep all these subpar teammates and coaches employed for another year. Just here we go, just on my back, boys, to ten wins. <laughs> just, I'm preparing for it mentally so that when it happens, I'll be less surprised. Jets going to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Without Josh McCown, we'll finally get to see the Jets we all expected to see this season, the horrible Horrible, can't-win-a-game Jets. Saints in a blowout. I feel so bad for Josh McDowell. I really do. Like It came out earlier this week that he's considering retiring, which at this point is understandable. He's 38 years old, and he's never really been on a winning team. I mean, it's just kind of been a rough go for him for most of his career. He's made it to 38 in the NFL. And this year, he showed that potential again. Like It's always been there. It's like if you could ever get him in a right system where he didn't get hurt and... I hope he can come back and he can get another job, but since that seems unlikely, it's just wish him the best time, I think, since it sounds like he's considering uh, hanging it up. 
uh, which is unfortunate because it would be nice to ever see him, you know, get through a full 16 games in a good system. And uh, give me the Saints in a game that's going to make you say by the end of it, I did not know numbers could go that high. <laughs> Philly going to New York to take on the Giants. The loss of Wentz is clearly a big one. Their running game should still be able to carry him through, though. The Eagles should have a solid day, or defense. I'm sorry, should also have a solid day as well. With Wayne Gallman getting the bulk of the workload in the Giants' backfield, he's a great stash and a keeper or dynasty league potential play in deeper leagues if you are desperate for a flex. Even with Foles, I think the Eagles continue to fly high on the road. I mean, <clears throat> I'm taking the Eagles on the road. In all seriousness, though, I could see the Giants just trying to sneak away with one here, just steal one. It's a division game, and they want nothing more than just to wreck the Eagles season a little bit. So <clears throat> still the Eagles for me, but it would have been – it's going to be a much more competitive game than it would have been with Wentz in there. Arizona going to Washington to take on the Redskins. The public's all over the Redskins, which just confuses the hell out of me. I mean, look, the Cardinals haven't been great by any stretch, but with the line issues, the injuries up and down the roster, the Redskins have just been terrible lately. Now you've got Jordan Reed, who's officially been placed on IR, done for the year. If you've been streaming Vernon Davis to this point, then that obviously just green lights you to lock him in as a weekly starter. Yeah, just give me Yo Gabbard Gabbard and the Cardinals to uh, to grab a win here. And, uh, oh, yeah, but go pick up Ricky Seals-Jones if you can, because I keep pumping that out there, and uh, he's still available. So, yeah, go get him. I mean, this one is, this one is kind of tough. I mean, last week you got to see why teams are not lining up to sign Yo Gabbard Gabbard. He kind of came crashing back down to earth, and they still won the game. AFC football. Yeah. <laughs> Just, woo. <laughs> I mean, I mean this this one is going to come down to what kind of QB play the cards can get out of Gabbard. And there's also just this growing concern that AP might just get shut down for the rest of the year because apparently he's going in for imaging on his neck. So, I mean, Washington, believe it or not, is actually more beat up than that. So I'm actually going to take the cards on the road, just warts and all, because that's how injured Washington actually is right now. Houston going to Jacksonville to take on the Jags. Look, I love me some Texans, but I hate me this matchup. I still feel Hopkins is going to get force-fed the ball, because what else are they going to do? What other option is there? I mean, outside of that, I'm playing all of my Jags, Jacksonville at home. Yeah, I mean, I love the Jags in this one. They just have the advantage. I mean, this would have been so much more fun with Watson. Oh, my God, that would have been a great game to watch. Uh, yeah, feel free to roll with Nuke because I doubt you have a better option anyway. And as we've seen, that's a bad matchup, but it's not like a kiss of death matchup. So, And what else are they going to do, to your point? So avoid all other Texans, including Lamar Miller. And uh, for the record, go out you and get you uh, some D.D. Westbrook. Just go get that, put that on the end of your bench, and send me a thank you note later. Uh, Jags at home. Late Sunday afternoon, Rams, Seahawks. This is game of the week in my mind. Clash of the Titans here out west as the Rams try to cement their first division crown in 14 years. A win for the Seahawks would even their records and give them the tiebreaker. So they would actually take over as the division leader with two weeks to play. The Rams have something to prove, though. I mean, they, they are sick of being the redheaded stepchild in that division. They want to finally get that crown. Seahawks haven't been the same team this year, as we have noted several times. They were a Cooper Cup drop in the end zone away from winning that game earlier this year in L.A. Taking the Rams. I mean, this game means everything to them and that franchise. 
They won't get caught off guard this time. I don't like either defense here. Other than that, you know, offensive starters on both sides should thrive in what should be a shootout. Yeah, I just don't love that this game is in Seattle. I mean, Seahawks always play better at home, and they're scrambling right now to get some wins to try and claw back into the playoffs. But I'm taking the Rams. The last time they two, these two teams played, Rams lost because Cooper Cup dropped a touchdown, as you pointed out earlier. So came down to that then. Since then, however, the Seahawks have just picked up, what is it, we're north of a million injuries? Somewhere. Like, that's where we're at. Like, their whole their whole team is hurt at this point. On top of that, the way that you attack the Rams is through running the football. And outside of Russell Wilson, the Seahawks actually have no run game to speak of. So if the Rams could contain Wilson and prevent him from running in tiny circles and then just throwing the football down the field, then they should win that game comfortably. So I got the Rams unless they can't prevent Russell Wilson from running in tiny circles and <laughs> throwing the football like 40 yards down the field. Tennessee going to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. This is clearly means more to the Titans as they are playing for a playoff spot, trying to stay alive in the division title. However, the Niners have just been red hot since Jimmy G took over. In that same stretch, by the way, Marquise Goodwin has averaged 18 points a game with Jimmy G under center. So I like the Niners to keep things rolling here, building momentum heading into 2018 as they beat up on that Titans secondary. Give me the Niners at home. I mean, this one should have been easy, but instead Jimmy G has to go and complicate it. So I have a feeling I will live to regret this, but give me the 49ers. I don't love <laughs> that they open as the betting favorite. I don't love that their defense is puke. But the Titans burnt me last week, and you can call it recency bias if you want, but I'm not going back to the well on them again this week. So taking the 49ers at home in a game where no defense should be played at all by either team at any point. New England playing Pittsburgh in the afternoon as well. Last week, I thought the Steelers would get caught looking ahead to the Patriots. Turns out it was the other way around. Uh, But the Pats, I mean, look, they know how much this game means in the standings. And if any team in the league can forget about last week and move on, we know it's Bill Belichick's Patriots. In the end, they're the more balanced and better top-to-bottom team, Patriots on the road. Ah, uh, the other possible game of the week. So just huge playoff seeding implications. I don't, you know, both teams must win game, blah, 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 cliche, cliche. Uh, just to more to the point, Brady has just owned Big Ben lifetime. He's 7 of 9 against him. <laughs> like, you know, Pats and Brady have looked sluggish the last two weeks, but I'm looking for them to rebound in this one. I'm taking the Pats at home. Excuse me, I'm taking the Pats on the road. And uh, I think just I just think to a greater point, getting Gronk back, I think, really helps them here. Sunday Night Football, Dallas going to Oakland to take on the Raiders. Please don't make me pick this. I don't want to. Neither You made me pick a bunch of those games win. last All right. No, pick it. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, Pigskin Pick'em will not let me choose a tie. <laughs> so because of that, I am going to reluctantly take the Cowboys. Uh, Sean Lee is playing in this one, and that seems to be the key for their defense to play well for whatever reason. Just When he's out there, they play like a cohesive unit, and when he's off the field, they're a dumpster fire. I don't understand how that's possible, but that's the case. So if he's playing, I guess I'm taking them. Yeah, I've got Dallas as well, and this is just going to be a really ugly game that no one should watch. So I want everyone to be clear. My official stance is that you should not watch this game. Read a book. Talk to your children, go outside, ride a bike, pay your taxes. I don't care. Any of those things would be a use of your time. <laughs>
sitting down to watch this. Because we have to pick it. We have to break it down. Eat chili. Go to our taco. Thank you. I'll start doing naming things you will like doing. Yes. (laughs) Much better. There we go. The Raiders defense is so poor. They're so bad. Fired that guy. Doesn't matter. So bad. And now the offense looks like garbage. And so does Derek Carr, who I still think is playing, is just hurt and he's just playing through it. Because he doesn't even look like the same guy. Like he's, he looks like he's a shell of himself right now. He can't move. Like it it doesn't look good. So last week, I mean, honestly, as we talk about, they just look like they didn't care against the Chiefs for most of that game. A game that really mattered. And Dallas is still being run by Jerry Jones and he's going to just try as hard as he can to will his way into a wild card spot. Because he knows he's getting Zeke back next week to try and win out the rest of the season, and then fingers crossed, into the, and hope you get a wild card. So I got Dallas on the road here. Monday Night Football, Atlanta going to Tampa Bay. Julio Jones due for another 50. Not much of a game here, Falcons. Ah, uh, the tradition of bad Monday Night game. Can we flex out of this? I'm being told no. Uh, so give me the Falcons as they continue to try and get back into the playoffs. That's it for the NFL. We're going to switch over now to the Golden League update. And now for something completely different. It's time for the Golden League update. I love gold! On the Important Nonsense Podcast. So as I laid out earlier, Brian survives to go undefeated into the Smithy Bowl. Congratulations, Brian. It is his second trip in the last three years now, trying to claim his first title since 2008. That eight-season drought is the third longest active streak in the league, so he is trying to get off of that list. He'll be on the bye this week while we try to find out his opponent. And, of course, the fan-favorite triple threat. Who doesn't love the triple threat match? And uh, we could break down this triple threat here, but it's fairly simple because we already know what it is. You get the Steelers, so it's just whatever the Steelers do. And then you've got David Flynn, who's got the Tom Brady, Chris Hogan, the Melvin Gordon, and then Jordan Nelson, uh, Jordy Nelson now back into the mix. So all of a sudden he has four relevant players, which yep. makes him a superb threat. And then you've got me, and I will have my five-point home field advantage. And I will, uh, I'll go ahead and read this to you as it appears on the, uh, the page from top to bottom. Remember, it goes quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, flex, defense, kicker. So here's the position rank of all of my players. You ready? Yeah, sure. 7, 33, 27, 6, 2, 7, 5, 2, 8. I wonder where the weakness is. I yeah. wonder if it's, if it's the lack of running backs. That's kind of crushing me right now. <laughs> I'm top seven at every other position. And by the way, I got the number five quarterback, Kirk Cousins, on my bench. So I'm just, I'm top seven everywhere else. And just the lack of running back is killing me right now. So it's a matter of can I continue to be carried by my quarterbacks and wide receivers and then the Ravens defense against Cleveland. That's it. That's it. Can the Patriots destroy the Steelers enough? to give me a victory so I can hobble in to the title game. As I was telling to Brian, and I don't know if it was like a compliment or, or a backhanded compliment or what, but uh, the the drought I'm dealing with is the lack of going to the championship game. So in league history, active streaks, you have Tony, who has been in the league 11 seasons now and has never played in a Smithy Bowl, and then the next longest streak without playing in a Smithy Bowl is me at five seasons since my last 
title in 2011. And uh, I brought that up to Brian, and he's like, that can't be right. It seems like you're in it every single year. And yes, look, this is the sixth year now, if I don't make it this year. And in those six seasons, I've made the playoffs four of the six years. I was the number one seed three times. I won the MVP award all three times. I've had some really good teams and some strong runs. I have more wins than any other team during that six-year stretch. I got nothing to show for it. I got no trips to the Smithy Bowl. I got nothing. So I am, I am right now, I'm like Peyton Manning. I just dominate the regular season, and then I go to the playoffs, and I'm right like, no, no, that's it. Some team gets hot and knocks me down for no reason, and it's just, it's frustrating. It so is it's frustrating. It's Brian's turn, probably, in all likelihood, because yeah. Brian's getting Gronk. Back. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can hold my, I can hang my hat on here, is yeah, he's getting Gronk back and all that. Well, the, this is again the fourth year we have done the triple or the uh, the double elimination bracket, and in the previous three, the undefeated team has lost in week 16, and we've gone on to a week 17. Yep. So that's it. That's the only thing I can hang my hat on. But like I said, beating Brian twice is is no easy task. And I gotta tell you. I either want to lose this week and just and just be done with it. Yeah, start the then, grieving process now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not because, later. And not, not in week factory. 17. Because not I got to tell you, <laughs> I absolutely should have won that game on Monday night. And if I go into week 16 and I beat Brian and then I lose in week 17, the amount of salt will just raise my cholesterol so many points. That I don't think my heart can handle it. Oh, I'll just I will be the saltiest peanut all off season, <laughs> and I just I will be so bitter. I know, Ugh, I know God. you will be. Uh, we'll never hear the end of this. No. You'll have to win a title mm-hmm. and beat Brian to do it. I, I the next year, I think, and that would be the only way we would ever hear the end of this. And even then, and even then, we'll still hear about it from time to time. It'll still absolutely. <laughs> it's still gonna come back. And again, it's 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 always hindsight. You can always look back on it and say, "Well, I could have easily done this." And it's like, look, when he was making all his draft pick deals, I approached Steve Flynn. I said, "Are you interested in moving Gordon?" And he said, "Yeah, I got a deal in place, basically, and uh, I would need to get a two, a two for a five. And I was like, "Yeah, it's a little high. I think I'm just not going to spend draft picks this year." I know next year's draft class, because of all the, with Mr. Flynn not having picks, with Brian not having to throw people back, all the guys that can't be kept, like next year's draft class is going to be stacked with talent that normally would be kept. It's going to be the year to have top-tier picks. So I was thinking ahead already that I didn't want to make any deals, and uh, I'm just looking at it now. Again, if I if I had traded the second round pick to get Melvin Gordon, it wouldn't have made a difference the other weeks, because he hasn't been spectacular. But he scored seven points more than Jay Ajayi this week. So <sighs> be on that bye. <laughs> Hanging out with John Fox. <sighs> yeah. Having some drinks. <sighs> I'm saying it would have been a it would have been a hefty price to pay for not a lot of justification this entire time but what it really mattered had i made that move i would have won that game 
And I would be on the bye right now, waiting Sitting it out. Sitting there with guaranteed home field advantage in the in the Week 16 yeah. game. So that's the other thing. The if bye. I look at the, I can now look at this and say, okay, well, if I had Melvin Gordon in Week 16 instead of Ajayi, would I win the title? Would that? Did that? How much is? How valuable was that second round pick really? How well, much? Uh, that, we won't know that, until what your second round yeah. pick is next year. That better that's be the, the greatest second round pick issue. I've ever made in my but, life. But yeah, I mean, you better nail that second round pick to the wall, man. Like Jesus, Ugh. you just put all the pressure in the world on yourself in the second round of next year's draft. You got to. Well, I got to tell you, at this point, my second round pick is DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, that might my, be pretty yeah, good. I can keep him. So that might be pretty good. Considering he's going to go right round back pick. up to first round yeah. pick again after this year. Yeah. Gonna go right back up to where he was from 2015. Exactly. If I had made that trade, I'd have to keep Hopkins in the first, and then have no two, and I'd be right back where I was on every draft board the past couple of years. Yeah, he's gonna be way up there again. We'll and see. I'm hoping I can still pull have it Watson out. for the whole year. So we'll see about that. I don't know. Like I've been saying for the longest time, you let Brian get to here undefeated with yes. with the, this is this is one of the, we've had some huge crazy upsets. We in this format that go to week 17 every time we had, we've had some legitimate upsets, like things that you're sitting there. Like, I can't believe that just happened. And this one though, feels different. This sure. one though, I feel like he's got a stranglehold on some key positions right now. Losing Wentz hurts, but your downgrade is to Russell Wilson. Right. It's like, it's like, Oh no, I found gold in my diamond mine. Like, it's Okay. People mocked him all year for having both those quarterbacks, and now who's now who's laughing? Brian, right? With his bye week, <laughs> we mocked him for taking insurance two, two tight ends. Yeah. See, this is the problem. Like, if Brian wins, we'll also never hear the end of this. So th- mm-hmm. this is the other price that we will have to pay. So this this is the this is the thing. So what do we do? Do we root for David? Why? So that Brian can just demolish him in week sixteen? Why would I want to root for that? No, I mean because maybe he gets white hot. <laughs> the last couple weeks and takes down Brian in a true David versus Goliath scenario. No, look, I've already said I'm rooting for myself the rest of the way and if I somehow fall out of it at some point, then I'm going to root for Superfan Brian. Okay. Just because... Yeah, that makes sense. we got to root for Superfan Brian. Yeah. Well, just because he's been, first of all, such an advocate listener and and such a big big supporter of the podcast. Loyalty. But not only that, just the fact that he has hung in this league, been competitive every year, and hasn't won a title since 2008. So I feel for the guy that he has been in here for so long. Like, Mr. Flynn won a title in 2013, and he's played with us a long time. He's played with us basically just as long as Brian has, but he just won a title in 2013. I say just, but he, he won a title four years ago in 2013, and David's only been in the year, the league two years. I mean, just, calm it down, okay? Right. Just you know, know your role, okay? Slow it up a bit there, Skippy. Uh, yeah. Just know your place a little bit. Take get a, take a few lumps. What are, you, about, tit- what are you, the Titans? The Titans, yeah. when they came into the league as the, as the Oilers? Yeah, you want to you you be the Jags? The <laughs> You're the Jags, you're just instantly in a title game? What, I don't think so. Yeah. Just calm it down. But no, yeah, I just... If I'm rooting for anyone other than me, it's it's Brian to, to take it down. Well, as I've been saying, too, this is the year I feel like Brian gets paid out for all the garbage. It's right. what's been happening so far. All the, the horrendous bad beats that are like statistical miracles that he's had to endure, what is it, the last like three years, yeah. basically? He's just been getting shelled. Like He was he was the points against leader at one point. He was the point scorer. 
didn't get to go to the playoffs. So he's got all these records that you're just looking at. Like, man, you don't want any of these records. Like, how did this even happen to one person? Is kind of what you're looking yeah. at. Like, how is this one guy has all these records and he's always competitive? And so that's why I feel like this is the year where finally it's dealt. The cards are dealt for him. Where it's just like, okay, he's 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 getting paid out by the universe here. Because they had to wait through to get to here. So I will not be upset at all. Because especially because I mean he did it, he did it the way that we've talked about doing it in the past. He tanked, sold his assets, managed it, and came right back. So. And it's not just like it's not like uh, Flynn or like Chuprin or even myself have done in the past either. Like, not only did he tank and sold assets, like I said, he was in a rare situation last year where his team was so good and he had so many good players that he was able to get enough assets to basically be done with his draft in the fourth round. I mean, it's not like the depth issues that Flynn had this year that that reared its ugly head halfway through this season. It, he didn't have that. He had the top-to-bottom depth because he took all of his starters all at once, which is a feat that I don't think anyone's ever going to be able to to replicate. No, you would need to have one of those rare teams like he had, where you were like yeah. a legit team that didn't get to go to the playoffs. You were right. like in it the whole way, and you didn't get to go to the playoffs just because of Right, where well, you're like number two in scoring every week, and you're always playing number one. Like That's, that's literally what happened. Statistical bad beats over and over again. Like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just one of those things. So, yeah, in order to, to do what he did, you would need to start from that position, I would think. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the capital to pull it off. So. Meanwhile, for the first time this postseason, we will update the lottery bracket. Congrats to Miss Lisa, Lisa Winnig, in her first year in the league, undefeated through the lottery bracket to this point, earning a spot in the lottery bowl in two weeks. Like Brian, she will be on the bye. The lottery triple threat match is number 7, Paul, number 9, Tony, and number 12, Matt, to decide who will play her. Should be interesting. We will have a, uh, a complete recap of both triple threats next week as we gear up for both title games. Also interesting, a rare feat that has rarely happened in the league Mr. Steve Flynn trying to go from first to worst. You know, I mean, you rarely see that happen. He is in the last place game with Kevin Sandman. We will see if he uh, can stave off sort of history. I believe it has happened three other times. I will have to double-check that to be certain. If he does it, do we have to bring back the toilet seat punishment? <laughs> that would be interesting. Do we have to, like, make, remake the, would we have to remake the toilet seat and then, like, mail right. it to him and make sure he logs into a webcam and is wearing it for the draft? Right. Like, uh, I feel like that, that would qualify bringing the punishment back. Yeah, I'm... Um, Paul was not, I don't think Paul was the worst team in 06. He didn't come back from 08. Brian wasn't the worst. I'm trying to think. Eric wasn't the worst team in 08 for that league. I don't remember. It may have never happened. He could be setting history here. I'll double check. <laughs> I'll fact check this, and then I will get back to you people next week, because now I've, I've intrigued myself yeah. with my own statistic. So I, I'll, I'll look into it further. And just to double check, I, I thought it's happened a couple times, but I could be wrong. I know we've had worst to first. See if any because, as you said, the tanking. Yes, we've had that, but. but yes, it's uh, just the other way around. You never see that because, of, especially with the keepers, I mean, typically that carries yeah. over, and you have a decent enough team to to keep your head above water. Interesting. Yeah, it is. All right. So now I'm looking forward to that probably more than anything else here. I don't know what else, what else am I going to well, look forward to here. 
no, because next show is going to be if you. If he wins, folks, I, I'm honestly I, I'm torn. I, I normally root for Steve when it's not me. However, since we've been tied at three titles apiece, that gets harder to do. I really don't want him to pass me for most number of titles. It's it's sure. it's the stat that I hold nearest and dearest to my heart, folks. I, I I'm tied in the lead with three. I really need to get to four. To, to get into first place all by myself. Just oh, that was the other statistic I forgot to write in here. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, All-time Eric Chuprin, five appearances in the Smithy Bowl. That is the most ever. You, me, Joe McCarthy, and now Brian all have three career Smithy Bowl appearances tied for second. So if I could get in there, that would be four. It would put me alone in second place. I don't know. It'd be it'd be another uh, another notch in my belt, yeah. another feather in my cap. <laughs> going to be interesting. See if you could get in there and get that. I don't know. It's going to be this. Oh. This is going to be a tough one. It, it really does, in a weird way, kind of more than anything, just hinge on that Steelers Patriots game, doesn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. It really just that's that's the whole game. That's it. That's ninety percent about it. What I feel like matters is just how. Because even if he do. decides to go with Aaron Rodgers, which would shock no one. He still has to rely on Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown to carry the rest of his team. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's all going to come down to that. And they're on at the same time. So either I'm going to know sure. at the same time either way. Yep. Late afternoon games. Will Kenyon Drake rush for 170 yards again? <laughs> right. We'll Against Buffalo's out. run defense, yeah, in Buffalo. Yep. And they're bad enough, too, that Buffalo's <laughs> run defense is pretty bad. Sure. It's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, Devontae Adams with Rodgers back. And I'll have Christian McCaffrey in that game, which will somehow turn into like a huge shootout. Yeah, that's the disaster right there. Thanks. Thanks for bringing me down. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers it. miracles away down the down in the field in the fourth quarter to make that game competitive. And so the Panthers have to keep coming back out on the field and playing offense when all they want to do is dab on the sidelines and take pictures and exactly. throw footballs into the crowd and drink Gatorade. So we'll recap everything next week, set it all up for you, gear everybody up for their championship games as well. And uh, until then, have a lovely week, Neil. Yes, you as well. Have a lovely yes, week. Enjoy your uh, your five six game. Good luck to you. <sighs> get that uh, get that free play for next year. Yeah, I'm trying. Play. I'm trying. ESPN has me favored, which means I'm gonna lose. Yep, that means you're gonna get crushed. So yep. sorry. So I'm looking sorry forward to my five six game, my last game of the year in that league, and then I have like one more game in week sixteen, basically, and then I typically don't play week seventeen. I don't know about you folks, but. Yes. Unless you're playing on daily, I don't really see the point in playing week 17. <laughs> and even on daily, it's so wild. It's oh, just like, God, what are you so doing? wonky, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's so wonky. But again, uh, yeah, make sure you DM us or uh, email us at importantnonsense or contests at importantnonsense.com. Get in that contest. Win yourself a free PFF Edge subscription. Yes. And uh, yeah, until year. next week, everybody, keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.